Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Yeah, well, that's what <laughs> we're still doing. Uh, so excited. We're back together again. Three friends, microphones, headphones. There's a Coca-Cola. Everything you might need for a show. <laughs> uh, it's cherry Coca-Cola. Two bottles bro. of water. Today is February 8th. That's a lie. I just lied to you and I apologize. I will try to never do that again. We are recording episodes from the past. We've discovered a new technology and I'm excited <laughs> to share it with you folks. Uh, we are actually not in your ear holes right now. This is the past and you are the future. Uh, I've got uh, me, Chris. I have a wedding in the month of February, a small affair, COVID safe, no concern there needed. Who's the lucky man? <laughs> It's Andy, and I'm sorry, Steve, to break it to you that way. Oh, I thought we were going to keep this threesome rolling. No, I mean, it's uh, polyamorous. <laughs> well, good, good. No need for concern. Uh, so due to, uh, you know, bachelor parties, uh, meditation, those kinds of things, wedding ceremonies, uh, the schedule that we In created, that indeed, uh, is a little screwed up for February. And so to keep our word so soon after saying said word... We've uh, we're recording a couple episodes at a time, and so we can stagger them out across each Monday at three sixteen a.m. Hell yeah! <laughs> so Open up your phone, download streaming things at three sixteen a.m. every Monday night. Raw. Thank you, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, always love your guest appearances. You can You're welcome. <laughs> Appreciate you stopping by. It's very polite. Always, yeah. Goodbye. Um, uh. So anyway, no, you can leave now. Uh, yeah, every Monday, 3.16 a.m., we're going to stick to that. And so this episode is February 8th. And we thought, since it is almost Valentine's Day in the future where you are, today's episode could be about uh, our top three favorite romantic couples in film. Romances. Yeah. I didn't have to make it all complicated <laughs> word-wise. Full disclosure, we're always transparent. Number two, not only am I in the past, I am very sleepy. I stayed up all night. Playing the stock market. Oh, get that Dogecoin? Yes, sir. Which is going to seem really dated most likely by the time our right. listeners hear this. Uh, I was unsuccessfully gambling a lot of money. Yeah, right night. now everyone's dealing with trading stocks on uh, Game Crazy. And uh, <laughs> that, that's the current thing. Game Crazy. Uh, so anyway, that's what I was doing. So if I seem a little like, wow, Chris doesn't have the same his same luster. He's saying even more weird words. He's taking longer pauses between the improperly chosen words. That's why. So I blame it on that. But it might just click and I might get in like a weird zone and just be perfect. Yeah, this is when you get like really, really weird and wild and people are like, hey, you remember that show when they were talking about Valentine's Day and it just got, <laughs> I started crying. And yeah. That <laughs> was awesome. Hopefully is how that story ends. They, people love our sophomoric misogyny. Four That's stars, true. baby. Four stars. And that guy is still listening somewhere going, they won't let it go. <laughs> uh, we actually appreciate it. Good, uh, yeah. good criticism that we have taken a hard look at. We're never going to let it go. Ever. When we finally get to a place where we can make merch, that's the first T-shirt we're making. <laughs> oh, sophomore misogyny, four stars. It's just four stars, yep. <laughs> it's almost worse for you, sir, that you gave it four stars. I'm just going to say. Uh, so uh, let's start off with a little crossing streams, everybody. You think we should? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. All right. Chris, what have you been streaming? I guess we should say crossing streams for new listeners is our segment <laughs> where we talk about the things we've been streaming without making it a main event. Uh, we can't just say let's just cross some streams. It's time for crossing streams, everybody. And they just hear you trickling just hear liquid. And 
<laughs> yours is getting too close. <laughs> this show is awesome. <laughs> it's flashing up. I'll start it off. Uh, I watched, Steve, did you watch, I know Andy did, at my behest, did you watch a Hulu thing called In and of Itself? I have not had the time to do so yet. I texted you. My, that's on my list of things you to do didn't do it. And I, I believe I said, now, Steve. <laughs> well, now. I said, watch it now. Well, I Steve, right now. <laughs> So I'm not going to talk too much about what it actually is, which might be frustrating because it is a podcast where I'm supposed to do that. I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it. I think you should go in knowing as little as humanly possible. Um, I will say a shout out. Derek Delgadio is the uh, uh, purveyor of the genius that is in and of itself and is on Hulu. Uh, I watched it. Someone on the Twitter told me to watch it. Not directly. He just tweeted uh, and said, hey, don't read anything about it. Just go watch it right now. And so I was like, you know what? I really like this guy's film criticism. I trust him. So I immediately went to my couch, unlike Steve, and turned it on and didn't know anything about what it was. And it blew my mind. Absolutely stunning. Amazing. I think we should have some kind of like spoiler bumper and all three talk about it at some point soon, at least just for a few minutes. That's Mm -hmm. how amazing it is. I plan on watching it again. Um, So that's in and of itself available on Hulu. And one other thing I started watching, I think is neat. Um, it's a show called Lupin on Netflix, which again, by the time you hear this, is probably pretty dated. Everybody's probably finished it, but um, it's a uh, series, kind of a, uh, I don't know, heist show. Uh, Netflix, have you, either of you seen this? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. I know it. I know what it is. I actually had a pretty long discussion with somebody at work today about it. It's very interesting. I highly recommend it. I only saw the first couple episodes, but I plan on watching the rest. And it's normally not really my bag, which is why I decided to bring it up. It's a French uh, show, right? That is my bag, baby. That's <laughs> dude, my bag. <laughs> uh, it is a French show. Did you um, uh, do subs or dubs? Always sub. Is that even a question? I, some people are heathens. I was going to say, are you not a subtitle? Or, I mean, you're not a dub guy, are you? No. Yeah, that's terrible. Never do dubs. I actually didn't know. In fact, listeners may not know, but they probably do. I was probably the last on earth. There's a feature on Netflix that you can turn off and you will never get a dubbed version if you turn it off. So I tried to watch, I think the German show Dark. A few years ago, you guys seen that show? Yeah, yep. I have actually seen that. And it's supposed to be amazing. I don't know because I watched the entire first half of the first episode dubbed and angrily turned it off. Like, I don't know why everybody loves this fucking thing. I hate dubbed anything, you know, mm-hmm. even anime. Um, anyway, so then I read online that, oh, yeah, don't watch the dubbed version for sure. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> and I just never went back. So anyway. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is uh, they usually don't have a lot of money for dubs for movies. So yeah. the voice actors they get aren't necessarily the caliber of actual actors on screen. So it never pairs well. And obviously you get the weird like, oh, their mouth isn't saying that. <laughs> right. It's like a Guillermo del Toro film and it's us. You know, <laughs> welcome back. I'm Pan in the labyrinth. I'm the fish man from Ladies Shape of Water. <laughs> like Chris, um, lo- let's make love in the bathtub. You guys can't just make up the dialogue. You're only paying me ten dollars an hour. So. <laughs> I'm gonna eat the cat. <laughs> anyway. I don't mind dubs if it's a cartoon or a video game, or if I'm playing yeah, a video game. I love dubs. Yes, even <laughs> winning, winning. W. <laughs> it's short for W's. But uh, when I watched Dark, I I watched part of it dubbed and then just went in and changed the uh, language, uh, the audio language. Uh, But if it's like, like if I was watching like Dragon Ball Z or something, you know, I I don't want to hear the original Japanese. I want to hear Goku as I knew him as a kid. You know what I mean? 
I didn't know Goku. Is he a good person? <clears throat> he's a very good person, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's a pretty stand up guy. <laughs> Andy, what have you been streaming? So I've been uh, streaming. At first, I want to say we're recording this from my house. I got Yay! a house. Game oh, very here. true. Very true. Uh, it's the first thing I've done here other than work, sleep, or poop. Uh-huh. So it's very exciting to get to chill and actually do something. Yeah, you, you should really I mean? do something about that poop, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, it, it's awesome. It's terrifying. I've been doing nothing but work here, uh, and, and it's the best kind of problem to have. Uh, now, that being said, I have still been streaming things. Uh, I, I've been watching the show, and I know Chris has never seen it, but Steve, I want to ask you, have you ever watched a show called 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown? No, but that sounds very amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's these two British game shows. There's 8 Out of 10 Cats, oh my and there's God, another just, one. I'm, I can only get so erect, Andy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's one called eight, 8 Out of 10 Cats, and there's another one called Countdown. And then there's a crossover called 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. And it is... Amazing. It's just a group of British comedians that basically play Scrabble and do math. And it is ridiculous. What? <laughs> it is ridiculous and it is awesome. It is hysterical. Teach me. <laughs> and so basically it's like they, they go back and forth and they take turns uh, like who's who's playing which game. And they all have like a little opportunity to have their bit because they're all comedians. And then they like get like you know nine letters on the board and who can come up with the longest lettered word and then they'll have another one where it's like here you get 50 72 9 8 7 and 5 and you need to find a way to turn that into 1003 and then they get like 30 seconds to try to figure out the math then they, they <laughs> almost never get it right and but it's just really funny to like so how did you how, how did you do and they're like I had a panic attack and <laughs> I got to 200. It's, it's uh, it is a fantastic show. I know we have some listeners in the UK. They probably are savvy to this. I discovered it pretty recently and I've been obsessed. The, the show is amazing. I encourage everybody to look it up. It's almost every episode is on YouTube. YouTube? Uh, that's, yeah. where you, that's where you catch it? Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. Eight out of ten cats does countdown. How how many episodes are there? Like Oh, tons. It's been around for a long time. Wow. Loads. 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 <laughs> Loads, baby. That sounds really fascinating. I'm going to have to look that up tonight. I absolutely <laughs> encourage you to. I love dumb British shit like that. Mm-hmm. It is very British. Very, very British. Which we love. We do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve, oh, wh- yeah. what have you been streaming? Uh, I've been streaming the hard sci-fi epic, The Expanse. Ooh. On uh, How uh, is that, Steve? I love it. Is that uh, been, uh, it's been well lauded for a long time now. I believe it is on Amazon. Okay. Yes, yeah, on Prime. Um, so I started watching the... So I, I currently I'm watching season five, which is their ongoing season. Um, I started watching it a couple years ago because a lot of people were like, oh man, Steve, you love sci-fi. You're going to love this show. You love hard sci-fi. You're going to love this show. Um, hard, what, is, what is hard sci-fi? Hard sci-fi just means it takes a very uh, scientific approach to... It's not like Star Wars where it's all fantasy. Oh, like, like they, yeah. Just, they, they try to make oh, things fun. grounded in reality as much as possible. Sure, sure. And it, the show does that really well, especially in the earlier seasons. Um, but um, it's essentially a show about... Think Game of Thrones in space, kind of, where there's... It's a lot of political intrigue. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's like on the brink of war. Uh, the three factions are Earth... Mars and the belt. And those are the people who li- live like in the asteroid belts. And it's cool. Cause like the people on earth are like 
pretty well off, but like it's a society that's stagnated. Like everybody who lives on earth is on universal in basic income and there's like no room to like succeed. Mars is like super ambitious where they're trying to terraform it, but they're like hyper militaristic. Is the belt between Mars and Jupiter? Am I crazy? You, you are correct. Okay. Yes. Cool. And then the and belt. Mars is the Roman God of war. So that makes sense. Mm, I like it already. Yes. Yes. And the belters are the people who are like arguably the most downtrodden. They have like almost their own language. Like all the belters talking like this, creole accent and they're all tall and gangly and they can't set foot on earth or mars because the gravity will literally kill them oh interesting like there's a really cool epi- like scene in the first episode where they they suspect this belter of terrorism into like um torture him into like telling them what they need to know they just ha- like hang him up on ho- like they just like lay him up on these like hooks on earth and like the gravity's just like it's like killing him uh, just because he's never up. been in, he's never been in actual gravity like, his whole life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, it's a really good show. I, I, I did not. So it took me a while to get into it because when I first started watching, I'm like, why are all these people assholes to each other? Like the main cast of characters, like the the group of people who are on the ship, the main ship. Yeah. And I think that was just because they hadn't quite figured out how to play them. But then by season two, like like a switch flips. I'm like, what the fuck? I need to know what, how, what's happening? And then now season five, just uh, it's really cool because every season is like a completely different, almost small scale story in and of itself. And I made the mistake this season because I like to binge stuff. Uh, and they've been releasing season five weekly. And I'm like, it's been eight weeks. It's cool. I'm going to watch this whole show. And then I got through episode eight. I'm like, fuck, it's a 10 episode season. Son of a bitch. So like. But by, by you, by the time you listen to this, uh, listener, um, it'll already have been out. You can go on Amazon Prime and binge all five seasons. I, in my timeline, have to wait another week to see the finale, <laughs> and it's driving me nuts. In the past, so yeah. you you actively avoid the show until it's bingeable. Yes, certain really? certain shows. Okay. Like if it's a show that doesn't have like a popular like like it's not going to get spoiled on Twitter immediately. Kind of correct. Thing. Like like if, like a Game of Thrones. Like that's part of the fun is watching it week to week. Yeah, and like because there's such a dialogue online with people about it, but that show's so, like, kind of niche where that doesn't exist on, you know, Twitter at large. So, like, it's not going to get spoiled for me, and then I can wait and just kind of sit through and, like, slam through it real quick and just, like, really feel it. And it allows me to follow it more because there are a lot of plot threads. It's like, Mm -hmm. wait, who's that guy again? Oh, yeah. Like, there's a character in this season that it literally took me six episodes to remember who the fuck she was. I was like... They keep acting like I should know her, and I don't remember her. And I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I do remember now. <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> I'm just dumb. But yeah, The Expanse. Go check it out, especially if you like hard sci-fi. I do like hard sci-fi now that I know what so hard sci-fi hard. is. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that's I feel like that's not necessary. Like, there's sci-fi fantasy and sci-fi, and I don't think you needed, like, a like another delineation on the spectrum of sci-fi. Well, I think the they invented that term more for, like, layman's. Because some people, when they think sci-fi, they immediately think Buck Rogers in the 21st century, you know, and they want to make like, no, 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 this is like a grown up. This is grown up stuff. You know? Yeah. Like you're going to have to use your noggin. Yeah. And you can check your facts and it's going to check out. Like turns out people that live on the asteroid belt would have struggles with gravity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because that's hard sci-fi. Yeah. And there, a lot of the cool hard sci-fi and it deals with how the ships move, like because inertia so they have to like travel in a very specific way. Please explain way. physics, Steve. Well, uh, if you look at the chalkboard behind me, I have labeled out some Pythagorean theorems and uh, rhombuses that should clearly state my case. Okay, they actually do. Sweet rhombus, by the way. Yes, Is it rhombi? Answer that. I love um, your cosine up there, bro. Tangent. 
<laughs> God, we're picking up so many new listeners with the math jokes. <laughs> Gotta be. This is the most math we've ever talked about in a single Man. episode. Math checks out. Steve, have you been streaming anything else other than The Expanse, which is available on Amazon Prime? Um, no, actually, that's, that's been my main source of streaming. Have you streamed in and of itself on Hulu? Oh, that's right. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> I have. It's pretty good. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> of course, no, no it, it's fantastic. Andy, who like loved it, but not in the way that I want him to, did watch it. So there's that. Well, I'll get to it. No, God. I know you will. I know, I'm just kidding. I know you're a busy boy. Busy boy. Um, I did want to say, too, I, I typically do this at the top of the show or the bottom. And I'm, after using that analogy, not sure which is which. But mm. this time, this uh, business info will be the meat of the podcast sandwich. I realized in uh, one of our first episodes back, uh, we gave all of our Twitter handles and I forgot that that's not my Twitter handle anymore. So not that I'm assuming Wait, are you serious? thousands of people have been a searching for it, but that's not actually correct. So I will say my Twitter handle now is at C Michael Wrights, as in W R I T E S C Michael Wrights, uh, because I changed it to reflect the fact that I C Michael do rights <laughs> I do. You right. see what I'm saying, right. Steve? Like you do the right thing, right? right. No, W R I writes oh. like with a pen. Oh, uh, no, I have. A, I had a medium blog, and I do some freelance stuff, and so I wanted to like advertise that with my handles, the same way that you advertise that you 13 all the time. I do 13 a lot. Yeah. So Steve made 13. Yeah. <laughs> and Andy, yours is now Andy most days. Yeah. Advertising that he is in fact Andy most days, and so That's exactly. I right. didn't want to be the one ass out with something that. Wasn't an advertisement. So anyway, you can find us all on Twitter on those handles. Uh, don't forget to email us if you're still listening at streamingthingspod at gmail.com with any kind of comments, questions, uh, math equations you'd like Steve to solve. Uh, he can do them blindfolded. Let me know where you find the number 13 in the world. It's out there, guys. It is. Q knows. Solid movie. Which is <laughs> uh, anything else like business wise we need to talk about? I don't think so. No, not right now. Uh, okay. Wonderful news. We've got things in the works, though. Uh, Steve, why don't you tell them, before we get into our top three favorite romantic... Which, what's the simple way you said it? Romances? Romances. He's a writer, guys. In film. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I was up late doing the dojis. I warned you. There there are images on your Twitter account at C. Michael Writes uh-huh. where you were like, look at my doge coins. I was dojin online. I deleted those, I think, in anger when I lost the exorbitant amount of money. doesn't matter. Andy... Uh, what was I going to say to Andy? <laughs> you were about to ask Steve to tell people something. I know, but then I looked at you and said, oh. Andy. <laughs> hey, man. Steve. Chris. <laughs> why don't you Andy. tell. <laughs> why don't you tell our listeners what next week's episode is going to entail? Oh, well, next week episode, uh, listener, you have a fine treat. We are going to be having a very special episode uh, celebrating President's Day because the episode drops on President's Day. So we are going to be celebrating. Holy fuck. It'll be a celebration of famous uh, U.S. presidents in TV and film. And by that, I mean there's going to be a quiz show. Quiz show. You heard it here first. Make sure to bust out your President's Day decorations. (laughs) It's going to be a big one. So turn on Netflix, watch the whole fuck ton of West Wing in anticipation of next week's episode of Streaming Things. Absolutely. All or, right, let's. Or I'm telling Joe Biden. <laughs> let's just, we're just biding our time. That. Nah. Let's it. pop into it. Andy, do you want to start us off on your, you know, t- number three favorite romance? 
Yeah, absolutely. Of um, all to actually first, how did you arrive at your list? By what criteria? So when we were floating around ideas uh, for a kind of Valentine's themed uh, episode and somebody, some genius had the idea, what if we do the top three romances and that we in film? Uh, I, I had that idea, listeners. Um, I, I knew what mine were immediately. There was no like. If Hemming this, and hawing, yeah, if you it, will. It, it was like, How's that for a fucking word, Steve? You know, I, I like two words even. Maybe I like three. what I like. You know, my, so my top like 10 movies of all time, if you were to ask me, they change periodically. But like the 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 very top of the list, I honestly wasn't listening. So I don't know what we're laughing about. But uh, so that's the top uh, the, the top like four or five like favorite films of all time for me don't change. So uh, what did I, they happen to have romances in them? Is that what you mean? Like, yeah, well, I'm, there's a, a love story in the majority of cinema and so you kind of just interesting you know, it's pretty, bold pretty, statement andy pretty easy to well you know you, there's always i'm not be saying a, you're wrong but i think a b plot and generally the b plot plot is something along the line sure. of a love story or something that you could argue is a love story even if it's True. a romance you know um so anyway uh without further ado my uh number three top romance is from the film her uh between theodore and samantha his operating system uh, Steve looks shocked. If you haven't seen the movie Her, uh, it is about a gentleman who's uh, lonely. He spends his days writing uh, love, basically love notes between uh, the b- pretending to be a person. He, like he gets to know these people, what their lives are like, and then writes love notes as if he was them. And then uh, at some point, he updates what is basically his equivalent of Siri and. The AI is so advanced now, and um, it's uh, this AI named Samantha, and she just decides that that's her name. She likes that name, and uh, he essentially falls in love with her. And uh, it is fucking beautiful. I haven't watched it in a while, it, um, but it, like it has, I've, I've watched it a, a bunch, probably at least twenty times. Uh, and I, it, it's just one of the most unique love stories of all time, and. How like the people around him uh, kind of embrace it. Uh, um, Amy Adams is one of the side characters. She's like, she's not like, what the fuck is wrong with you? She's like interested and kind of encouraging. And it's kind of like a, almost like a coming out story in, oh, in a weird way. I forgot Amy Adams was in that. Yeah. Um, I think I did too. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful Wasn't story. Scarlett Johansson the second choice for the voice she wasn't the second choice she was the second one to record the dialogue like they did the whole movie they redid samantha's dialogue with scarlett johansson there, do you know so who the original was, actor was i do not um i i I'm I'm sure we could google up. it but you know we, don't, we like to do it live like we don't want to tear ourselves away from the audience to do things like googling it's actually spike jones <laughs> <laughs> awkward <laughs> oh it's gonna take me a, fig- uh, a minute to figure it out Hers. But yeah, dude, I, I made it. So listener, I made a face when Andy said her because I really, really love that movie. I adore that movie. Um, that movie makes me cry like a baby every time um, for several reasons. Uh, not only because it's beautiful, but um, there's a scene in that movie. I don't know if you remember where, he's, where he, he um, Joaquin Phoenix's character talks about how because he has an ex-wife in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how he wrote his ex-wife a letter after they had gotten broken up. And it's like a really, really sad scene when he finally reads that letter out and uh when i saw that in theater like i myself was going through a pretty rough 
period, due to a breakup. And like, I had done that. I did that very same thing. And I'm sure a lot of people would do that kind of stuff. And so like, when he reads that letter, it mentally destroyed me. And um, I actually was considering putting this relationship on my list, but I was like, yeah, but it's, it's kind of not there. So I kind of like <laughs> went towards more conventional romance, but like, I'm so happy that you put that on here, Andy, because I adore this movie and I adore I, I adore that couple. It is a wonderful movie. Uh, the original actress's name is Samantha Morton, uh, who was in, I think, The Walking Dead. She got a producer credit at the end. That's really sad. Just being like completely, you know, redone and just ScarJo just hopping in. But over everybody. You know, as bad as I feel for Samantha Morton, like Scarlett Johansson has this incredibly unique quality to her voice. Mm-hmm. Uh like this mm-hmm. kind of husky, sexy, but also kind of girl next doorish. She she was perfect to have voiced it. So, mm. it, it watching the movie now, it's hard to imagine it being anybody else. Right, uh, Steve. How did you arrive at your list and um, uh, give us your number three? I actually didn't number mine, so I've been kind of panicking over here trying to figure out like how do I rank <laughs> these. Um, I do want to give a special shout out. Uh, what do you call it? The, honorable mention an honorable mention to a video game couple because i was like well let's keep it let's keep it uh tv and film but i really love the in the video game and also pg oh yeah i'm, I'm well, damn it i was gonna get sticky over here <laughs> so have you seen the sex scenes in her bro <laughs> intense it's, it's just walking phoenix <laughs> going to town <laughs> That that actually happens. Um, no, uh, a video game uh, from the video game Uncharted. Have you heard of the Uncharted series? Yeah, on PlayStation series. Three and PlayStation Four. Nathan Drake, Nathan Drake, and Elena Fisher. I adore that couple. They're great together. I'm so happy that there's four games. We can kind of see how they grow as a couple. Um, even when they announced Uncharted Two, like Elena wasn't in a lot of the promotional materials. It was another female character named Chloe, and I remember like leading up to that game, I was like, "Who is this bitch? <laughs> Get her off my screen!" And then I ended up loving Chloe anyway. But Nate and Elena, honorable mention. But my number three is a silly couple from the sitcom Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's Jake, really, Peralta. Jake and Amy, Jake and Amy. Oh, I love it. And you know, it's kind of your stereotypical romance of like any sort of you know sitcomy like that. The reason why it holds such a special place in my heart is uh, the episode where he proposes to her, and they and, and they like where he he literally gets down on his knees and proposes to her. Like I did not see that coming at all, and it's the first time I've ever watched a sitcom where they have the stereotypical you know will they won't they trope. And then they eventually they get together and they get married. I did not see them proposing coming at all. And it was like the best perfect way that he could have possibly done it. If you if you've ever seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they do Halloween heists and he did it during a Halloween. Oh, heist. yeah. I've been sitting here racking my brain like I know that that happens, but I could not remember how it went down. That's, yeah, there's that's this right. thing where like Amy thinks she won the the they were going after a bell and then she looks at the bell and it says, will you marry me? She turns around and he's like already on the knee. And I remember watching that in real time. going, like, oh, <laughs> and I don't have reactions like that when watching sitcoms. So just for that moment alone, uh, this couple holds a very special place in my heart. Brooklyn nine nines, Jake and Amy. Awesome. Thank you guys I very love much. That show so much. Chris, who, who made your list? So actually my fiance did. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I give it your Oh. Who's on the list? I get it now. Uh, so I arrived at my list uh, a little differently because I was racking my brain. And it's almost like when Andy came up with this idea, it's like he said, every film in some form pretty much has a, a love story or a romance or some form of it. And so 
it's almost so ubiquitous that I couldn't come up with any examples in a weird way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, I can't just say that. It's, Obvious. Uh, Ross and Rachel. Like, you know what I mean? Like, which, uh, that's a good one. A good Damn it, I should have thought of that. Shit. No one um, likes Ross. And I, it's not. My, <laughs> my list is not like the quintessential romantic films either. Like, like when I think romantic, I think romantic comedies. I think of all the uh, John Hughes films, even the John Holmes films. Uh, I think of like <laughs> 10 things I hate about you, like those like things that I grew up on, like, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also didn't want to go that route. So I just thought like, what is like the truest meaning of love as depicted in film to me or um, something that show a dynamic that does show truisms that have affected how I try to interact in my relationships, which is going to make my first example sound weird. Maybe uh, it is the shape of water, uh, which is okay. funny that Steve you made the fish man joke, yeah. <laughs> which is exactly <laughs> what he sounds like yes. if you were to talk uh, written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. I absolutely adore Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I read his book uh, front to back multiple times. He's so inspiring. He's just an absolute lover of cinema. And I think that that comes through on the screen when you're watching his films. It stars uh, Sally Hawkins, uh, Octavia Spencer, Doug Jones as the amphibian man. But Steve was a, a close second. In the, uh, I'm always losing roles to Doug Jones. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, he's a he's a talented guy. Yeah, you and Doug, the both same guy great amphibian men. Did the hands monster in uh, Pan's Labyrinth? He's got yeah. great webbed hands. He They're does webbed appendages amazing. very well. I think that was on his is, CV. Is there a tall, lanky monster in your film? Odds are it's Doug Jones. <laughs> and I didn't mention Michael Shannon. Oh my goodness! Uh, but Sally Hawkins, uh, absolutely phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. She blew me away. Uh, something about that movie, even though it's really silly, like destroys me. It's just like this absurd notion. Like he could, he he chose this archetypal story of forbidden love and just took it as far as he could take it. Like lady fucks. And I love how he th- thinks of that too. Like people are going to be thinking like, how do they fuck? And he just came up with the answer and put that in the film and it was hilarious because normally that would just be the kind of thing we would bring up on this show and joke about. Uh, and every other sophomore misogynist would as well. But he put it in the movie. So you didn't even have to wonder. And that was um, a five star movie. Exactly. It definitely was. Um, I love that film. And I just had to include it on my list. It was such a unique choice. And a lot of my movies are fairly recent, which might seem lazy, but um, I'm lazy. I don't know what to tell you. It was, I mean, it was hard uh, coming up with a list in all honesty. Cause I mean, I, I usually romance romance plots are typically not the thing that I kind of gravitate towards in film. It's usually like, Oh, okay, that's nice. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm with you, Chris, where I kind of struggled like what, what romance did I like enjoy that I felt? And so like, yeah, I totally get where I you're felt coming deep. from. And Andy said it was all, it, those are all his favorite movies that he's about to list out. And I actually called Andy and guessed his list or numbers three and one, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mistakenly chose 500 Days of Summer. As I was trying to remember two. what you thought my number two was, which yeah. is 500 Days of Summer is a great, phenomenal romance film. Very deserving of my Shout out spot. to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Is it a good romance Zoe Deschanel. film? <laughs> or just well, a good relationship It's a really good like, date movie. That's why I asked you guys to like... It was well, 100% a romance. It's not like a happy ever happy ever after story but it's still a romance okay no i'm not saying like i love 500 days of summer mm-hmm. but like just knowing how that film and i goes. think that's up for debate that's why i asked how you guys came up with your list because it's like 
by what metric do you, you know, does it have to end well? Are we doing like romantic comedies or are we doing really artsy things where we're like, technically Tom Hanks and Wilson is a romance and, you know, Chuck Nolan and Castor. Like, Dude, uh, you looked at my notes. That's my number one. Cheater. <laughs> but I actually, I think I know Andy's number two and there's no way for me to like prove that because right. I don't want to spoil it here. I can just tell you. No. Oh, you're about to tell me. That's true. Um, I can guess then. Can I? Yeah, absolutely. So that my Shape of Water by the 4K Blu-ray. I don't know where it's streaming. Probably somewhere. Andy's number two is... I can't spoil it because it's my number two. Okay. Well, based on the shape of your mouth just now, I think you're wrong. It's not. Okay, go ahead. Uh, So my number two is The Nameless Driver and Irene from the movie Drive. I was way the fuck off. <laughs> the Ryan Gosling joint? The Ryan Gosling joint. The Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, Andy loves that Heart movie. Man. I love that. It is phenomenal. Out of that movie. Um, it is specifically, uh, it, it's kind of a forbidden uh, romance thing. Uh, the driver um, falls in love with his neighbor. And uh, it's this single mom whose uh, baby daddy is uh, played by, at the time, semi-unknown actor Oscar Isaac. Now he's the biggest thing since sliced bread Mm -hmm. but uh since ryan gosling right uh but it's like this forbidden romance and um there the reason that this ended up in my number two spot first off just watch that movie it is fucking phenomenal it is a great movie uh there is a single scene in that movie um that is perfect and it is after the nameless driver and irene go for a drive uh, who'd have get, who'd have thought, mm, uh, when the they titular get, drive, when they get back, uh, to her apartment, they are just standing there. She's leaning against the wall, holding his jacket. He just put her kid to bed and they just look at each other and look away and then look back at each other and then kind of smile a little bit and then look away again. And that's the whole scene. Um, I think they say like, and then they, they like giggle a little bit. And it is a very drawn out scene and it was written differently. There was dialogue there and the two actors decided that the, they just went against Reffin's script and his direction and said, we don't want to say anything here. And they didn't. And it's perfect. And it's like so much like that, that to me is the pinnacle of uh, less is better when it, when it comes to dialogue. Uh, Mm -hmm. So much is said in that sequence because they know that like the their little fling or whatever is about to end because um I'm, I, I keep struggling to remember oscar isaac's character's name it's uh it, it's a weird name but uh i'm just gonna call him oscar they know that oscar is about to get out of prison and like this their romance is not long for this world but uh, just that one moment is perfect and then you also that movie goes on to show like the depths that you that you would be willing to go to in order to pre- protect somebody that you care about, even if they can't love you back in that way. Um, and it, it goes to terrible places, but also like kind of heartfelt in this bizarre way. Uh, it, it's it's h- hard to call that a romance movie, but it really kind of is. Uh, yeah, that's my number two drive. Awesome. Do Thank we know you, Andy? Do we know what they were supposed to say in that scene? I'm just curious. I don't know. I've never, I've never heard script. that story. I think that's really neat. I've read yeah. the, the book uh, by James Salas. I'm not a fan, uh, but I would love to read the original screenplay uh, and see what was supposed to have been said. I that no surprises idea. me because, uh, you know, Winding Reference is such a 
meticulous notorious auteur yeah. right uh, but it's cool that he's letting them have or artistic you have license Ryan and- gosling and carrie mulligan saying no <laughs> right i mean right <laughs> uh steve what is your uh number two um uh, my number two i would like to give a heartfelt congratulations to several people on my list for number two okay dear cast members of downton abbey congratulations y'all won uh <laughs> I don't know if y'all watched Downton Abbey. No. That's my jam. Okay. If you made a soap opera and you were like, Steve, you want to watch a soap opera? I'd be like, no. And you're like, yeah, but it's Downton Abbey. I'd be like, well, put it on. Let's watch every single episode and and get, I want to know what uh, Mr. Crawley's up to. Is it Uh, salacious and and addictive? and? No, like salacious is not the word I would describe. I don't know what it is at all. I just know like what I've heard. Like I watched Bridgerton uh, uh, obsessively. Did you watch that on Netflix? I haven't gotten to it Absolutely do it. But a lot of people were like, it's just like Downton Abbey. And it was certainly salacious. So I I don't know. Downton Abbey is very PG. Um, It's very like, hello, dear. May I walk you to your car? Oh, I don't think that's becoming a And then they go sit at dinner with their parents. They make like scolding looks at each other for like half an episode. Everyone that's actually seen Downton Abbey is just like, uh... And then there's like, they're like, that's exactly what it's like. And I, no, I mean, when I talk, they're like, what? <laughs> Salation. It's, there's, is this a Mormon? There are several couples in that show that you just love to kind of rally behind. I want more old British lady voice from you. Oh, oh my God. Uh, what's her name? Ah, uh, shit. Uh, Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. Oh, no. Professor McGonagall from you, Harry you, Potter. You put me on the spot. Um Whoever that actress is, she is the the like matriarch of the family, and she is just really a, she is just a gold mine for fucking one line. Maggie like, something. Like Maggie Smith. Smith, yeah, Maggie Smith. Really, guys? Sorry, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> first, couldn't get to it. We, I was blanking. Smith was just really slipping your mind, huh? <laughs> well, she's a gold mine for like stuffy, like uh, upper class British yeah. isms because like there's like. Oh, grandmother, we're going to go drive in a car. She's like, driving a car? How middle class? I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, Branson and Sybil is a great couple that you just love. Uh, I was really into Mary and Matthew's relationship. Um, don't get me started on how that ends because I will. that will be a whole other fucking episode. <laughs> and then there is Anna and Mr. Bitch. Should we do streaming things? Do Downton Abbey? Oh, my God. Can we please? <laughs> I've never watched it. I've Downton never Abbey seen is a single second, obviously. Delightful. Okay. It is just a delight. So it's not Downtown Abbey? No, it's Downton. I'm just giving you Downton. Downton Abbey. Downtown Abbey is salacious. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I've so, seen it on Pornhub. <laughs> I've seen it on Pornhub. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure where you can stream it now. I think maybe I, cause I, I, oh God, how did I stream it originally? Cause I, it's been a couple years since I've I want to say it. it's like HBO it was Max. On, it was floating on Amazon for a good while. Yeah. That's where I watched it originally. So it might still be on Amazon. I'm not hundred percent sure if it's still there. Just, you know, search it. There was a movie that came out a couple <laughs> years ago. Fucking Google it. Listener. <laughs> Just, <laughs> do you want me to hold your hand? Turn the TV on for you. Listen, we're giving you three great romances. What more do you fucking want from me? Get off my back. What is this a show about streaming things where we help you find <laughs> things to stream? <laughs> Get off my back, listener. God. I almost spit water on the mic. It's okay. So down nappy. Wonderful. Uh, available to stream somewhere. Do your research. <laughs> Fun fact, though, and I'm being dead serious. I don't know if you guys, many of you, if you're listening to this show, probably subscribe or use Letterboxd, which is an app where you can track the things that you're streaming and watching and, and read reviews and things like that. There is a feature on there that shows you where something is available to watch. 
when you look it up, and it's very handy. Downton Abbey oh. is on Amazon Prime. It's also on Peacock. Ooh, mm-hmm. for those uh, Peacock aficionados. Peacock. My number two is also a very recent due to the fact that I'm lazy, but also I think this would have been on here regardless. Um, this is going to be one that's like arguably off topic. Um, it's not the notebook, which I just said because Andy said Ryan Gosling and it just occurred to me like the epitome of uh, romance was on the tip of my tongue. and didn't think of it. Um, it is marriage story. Did you guys see marriage story with ScarJo and uh, Oh, ScarJo appearing on the list twice. Scar-Jo. It is uh, Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, and directed oh, and written man. by Noah Bumbach. Step on me, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Indeed, <laughs> with those giant feet. Uh, it was one of my very favorite films from 2019. Okay, so I know that this is a spoiler alert. This is a film called Marriage Story, but one that is in fact about separation and divorce. Right? Wow, Chris, way to bum us out on the Valentine's Day episode. But the Love reason I bring it up. His love is fleeting. Yes. It's over. No, it's not why. It's funny. It's, it's funny. So at the time that I saw this movie, uh, it would have been a year and a half, two years after uh, my son's mother and I uh, split up fairly amicably. I, I really do think, even though it was painful and weird because we've been together for a while. Um, and this movie encapsulated what that was like so well that it shocked me. Like I, I'm sure you've all experienced watching a film and feeling so seen that it's almost like creepy and otherworldly. Uh, and that made me fall in love. And obviously it was what I was going through at the time that made me love this movie so much. Their performances are phenomenal. I know it got memed to death, yeah. uh, especially him like punching the drywall, like a Kyle and all this shit. Uh, and it is funny the context in which they use these memes, but they were absolutely amazing. I love Noah and Bob Box writing style where he just lets them choose scenery and it's very theatrical. And it's almost like a, a stage play that's being filmed. I always love that. Uh, Aaron Sorkin does it really well as well. I don't know. There are certain aspects of this, like where it's awkward with between him and his son uh, after they've split and he's trying to make it work. And keep in mind, these are wealthy artists. Like I would like to be and like one lives in LA and one lives in New York and that's yeah. their struggle. So I didn't experience any of that, but I did experience like, missing my son so much and then picking him up. And he just kind of wants to be with his mom, even though he hasn't seen me in a few days and he's confused. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, don't you, you know, uh, it was very painful. And, and, you know, he's like got all these fun Halloween things to do. And the kid's just like me and it's, it's heartbreaking. I mean, that cannot describe how much that will destroy you and just, uh, how much. And I had, uh, a wonderful partner that I'm getting married to today to help me through that struggle. And, it was still very tough. So I can imagine, you know, just being completely alone. Um, but yeah, I just, I saw so much truth in this movie and what you know, these two people did love each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just didn't work out whatever right. cosmic reasons they weren't meant to like finish their lives together. And that's okay. And like, I loved a story about that and I think it's necessary. So you don't think, well, I guess she didn't love me or I guess he didn't love her. Like that's not necessarily true at all. Like mm-hmm. shit happens. People grow apart and, they're on different journeys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think on the, the end of that movie, it kind of brings home the point that they still love each other in their own way, but yeah. not not to the extent that they did. Yep. And I think that was a important thing to end the movie on. Because I think um, a, a movie's lie to us 
to tell stories, right? Obviously, but like, especially with romance, they lie to you in a detrimental way to society. And men smarter than me have said it way better, what I'm about to try to say. But essentially, especially movies like The Notebook a little bit or... Even more so, like 10 Things I Hate About You and, you know, the the John Hughes films, not the John Holmes films. Those are very honest. <laughs> uh, but they give you this false idea that, oh, my God, love is always this huge firework, you know, this ultimate flare that's going to burn so hot and you're just going to know for sure. And that is not my experience whatsoever. That's the first, you know, three to nine months and then there's so much more learning about who the other person is and certain things get even better and sweeter, but it's definitely different. And the fire is not always like that. And that that in itself is not enough to like keep two people concreted together throughout time. Um, I don't know. I'm just waxing way too philosophic. I have not slept at all, but I mean, this movie <laughs> caused so much fucking catharsis uh, and, thought on the nature of love and human beings and how I can be better to Carissa, you know, my partner now. And I think what else do you want from a fucking movie? Right. Um, so that is marriage story. And I believe it was a Netflix original. So it's probably mm-hmm. available to this day and forever <laughs> on there. Yeah. Andy. So you is, thought that was my number two? No. Oh, my number one is what I thought was your number oh, two. Oh, yep. okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, what if you have the same number one, I don't know. We definitely he, don't. He knows what my number one oh, is. Oh, yeah. He it's Andy's it favorite movie of all time. He's yeah, got it tattooed on his body. Oh. That's true. Uh, so my number one is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, mm. uh, Joel and Clementine. Uh, it is, well, it's my favorite movie. It, it's, uh, and it has been and it always will be. I, I love the fuck out of that movie. Uh, the, it's a movie about trying, it, it, it's a movie about, Coming to terms with the consequences of the things that you've done, uh, trying to trying like hell to uh, to rectify things that it, it's trying to co- kind of combat fate in a way. It's kind of a movie about fatalism, uh, in that like they already know what the ending to their love story is, but they're be, due to the conceit of the film, they're uh, kind of. Uh, starting to re-experience the beginning of their love story, uh, one that they've already had and choosing to disregard what you know the ending's going to be and read the book anyway. Um, and uh, that's just the most beautiful fucking thing I can imagine. Uh, I envy Charlie Kaufman for having thought of the idea. I think it's one of the most clever movies ever uh, conceived of. And it was executed fucking masterfully um, by Michelle Gondry, the director. Um, and uh, it, it's like one of the only serious roles that... <clears throat> Uh, Jim Carrey did, and he knocked it out of the park. And Kate Winslet's always, you know, uh, Kate Winslet, she's amazing. Right. Um, but it is just, it, the movie's a showcase. Uh, it has all the best actors. Well, not all the best, but you know what I mean. It has tons of great yeah, actors. Yeah, it's got a great cast. Elijah Wood. It's got Mark Ruffalo. It's got uh, Kirsten Dunst. And I already, you know, mentioned the others. Uh, it It is artistically one of the best movies of all time just like the art design and the direction of it. And every time you watch that movie, you can see something different happen. Um, But just the love story itself, uh, you know, it's growing, it's loving someone and hating them and hating yourself because you love them, despite the fact that you hate them and then accepting them for who they are and uh, pursuing it, even though you know that uh, it's probably doomed and it's just something that I could relate to. Uh, And uh, yeah, that's my number one. Eternal Sunshine. 
if you most people have seen but if you haven't goddamn go watch that movie uh i i'm pretty sure that is streamable right now on netflix awesome steve I feel guilty because you guys are like coming in hot with all these like really, really like important movies. And I'm just like, uh, Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey is important not only to you, Steve, but many millions of people. And I think fuck Andy and I for having never seen it. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My number one, I think Andy will get a kick out of this one. And that one is a little romance between a certain Rose Tyler Uh and, uh, Doctor Who, Ooh, or okay. the Doctor. Sorry, the Doctor. I'm gonna have some Whovians like oh, that's not his name. Is it always Rose Tyler and any of the Doctors, or no just one particular season? Specifically, this was she was Rose Tyler was only on two seasons, right? Correct. So, and then she was like a recurring guest character for a tiny bit. Yeah. So if you, if you're aware that there's like more than one Doctor, um, she was the love interest for the David Tennant Doctor. Okay. Um, just, I've never seen a single episode of Doctor Who. Uh, but my favorite author is Michael Chabon, and he is obsessed with that fandom. And so he wrote a big chapter in one of his memoirs about it. Anyway, so it's, I know a little bit. It's a fun show. Like it, we, we were talking about, we love British shows, and, mm-hmm. and this is like one of the best ones, uh, especially that time. Uh, uh, that was like 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 2005 to yeah, I think the reboot was 2009. Um, is that your favorite Doctor Who tenant? Tenant is definitely head over shoulders my favorite Doctor. Um, uh, just because like that time period was like right when it became HD and it still looked shitty enough to where it was charming, but looked good enough to where you could take it seriously at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, David Tennant's a great doctor. But then Rose Tyler, uh, she is such a great character. Like the, the, the chemistry between these two characters is so important and great that like you really believe because because the doctor, he always has a companion, right? And most of his companions are female mm-hmm. and there's rarely a, a love. It's rarely a, a love interest type thing. Uh, there's been a couple other than Rose Tyler, but like I feel like she's the most pure and true just love straight interest. up love interest, yeah. Um, they, I mean, they've toyed with a character like, "Oh, this is the Doctor's wife," and like, but I never really felt like they like loved each other in the way that the Doctor and Rose Tyler did. Mm-hmm. Am I? Is that fair to say? Andy? No, absolutely. Uh, they, there's they they deal that Rose Tyler and the Tenth Doctor, David Tennant's Doctor, like most of the scene. If they're not like actively combating aliens and stuff, it's like this will they won't they thing. Whereas like the doctor's wife that gets introduced later on when David Tennant isn't the doctor anymore, uh, there's no, it's no real chemistry there. It's kind of like a, just a neat conceit that they're both time travelers. And so the first time he meets her is the last time she meets him and vice versa. And so it's just a a cool concept, but there's no chemistry at all. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the real love interest of all of Dr. Who that I've seen anyway was Rose and the 10th doctor and, and by the way, I should mention Rose is played by Billy Piper, a uh, really great actress. And I think this is probably my favorite thing she's ever been in. Um, to this day, if anyone even mentions, if they say, oh, look, that there's a rose, a flower, I immediately think of not David Tennant, but the other doctor who goes, Rose. And that's like, <laughs> it's just like, it's like a reflex. Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, Eccle- Eccleston. Because uh, sh- so she debuted under Eccleston's run and then Eccleston becomes David Tennant. And just the way Eccleston's uh, accent is whenever he would say Rose, he'd be like, Rose, Rose. And so to this day, it's like instinctual where if anyone says that word, I just immediately go Rose. 
but, fantastic. Uh, so, and maybe we should do an episode where it's like Steve and Andy explain Doctor Who to Chris. <laughs> that might be fun. That would be. Is it like Quantum Leap? Like no, well, the same entity hopping into different bodies and being like, "What do I look like?" And kind of he doesn't hop into other bodies. He regenerates. So if he like a phoenix, when he's he, about to die, he regenerates and becomes like it's basically becoming a new person. Like he have has all his memories, but he has a different personality and reacts to things differently. And he, but he remembers all his previous iterations, right? Yeah. But like in the moment, it's like. I'm dying. I'm not going to be me anymore. And then immediately, and it's very sad because you're the, the actor that you've come to know as the doctor is not the doctor anymore. And them as they are is going away. But so it's really sad and it's a death scene. And then it's immediately, Oh, Hey, look, I'm this new person. And yeah, that was pretty fucked up. But Hey, let's keep going. It's pretty you know cool. I mean? Cause it, like you said, yeah, it goes from being sad to almost a, a, the birth of a new person where they're like, Oh, I've got hands. Oh, what's I'm blonde now. Weird. And it's just like, I wanted, up, to, I wanted to be ginger insane <laughs> premise to recast your protagonist every season. Cause it's every couple a, of seasons with an ongoing show. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. But with an ongoing show, it's even more detrimental. It's like, oh, I'm so used to this person. Mm-hmm. So I, it's like, everyone else that revolves around a central figure in a in a show that's going to last for a long time. It's just it's crazy. Love yeah, it. is I, it the same universe? Like, yeah, for the most part, theoretically, he could go back to wherever he was and talk to the same people. Or is that what he does in fact do? Kind of. Hey, it's me now. There's me sort, again. sort of rules, but sort of not really. Like the science of it is like, hey, it's not as fun if you think too hard about it. Is mm-hmm. basically the only rule. But they have done that before, though. So, like the the Matt Smith Doctor and the David Tennant Doctor had a mini series together where they were teamed up on an adventure. But it's the same person where he's teaming up with himself. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, it's a time travel he's thing, like the Spider Verse. Yeah. He, he is a time traveler. That's what he yeah. does. Um, oh, yeah. And so it's based the whole show. Doesn't he up. get in the Who's a What's he? The Tardis. The, the Tardis. The Tardis. I like how that's that's what the you think the artist was called the Hoozy Wootsie. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that kind of makes more sense. All right, <laughs> that's the type of thing he would call it for sure. I need to watch this show. It's I've been told good. I tried. So full full disclosure, it wasn't like a, a dark dub scenario. Uh, someone, I think it was probably Andy because he's the closest friend I have that likes Doctor Who. <laughs> that sounded like I was obscurely referring to Andy as a close friend. It's my best friend, but also the person I... <laughs> of the people I know that love Doctor Who, Andy and I are the closest. Um, there's like a specific random middle season that is like best recommended to start watching the show in. Correct. So like the reboot was in 05 with Christopher Eccleston uh, from 28 Days Later, if you remember that. But uh-huh. uh, uh, And he is the ninth Doctor. The show's been going on since like the 50s or something. And yeah. like there's some episodes that are missing from back then because they didn't used to back things up. But in as far as like, it, it, it's kind of like recommending genesis. jumping into Star Trek at the next generation. You know uh, what I mean? If you're ever interested in getting yes. into Doctor Who, like if you're like, I kind of am interested, but I don't know if this is for me, I always um, recommend that people just watch the episode Blink because I think that episode, it's just one episode, and if by the end of the episode you're not like, oh, I like that, I want to watch more of it, then the show's not for you. Okay. Uh, and the funny thing is, is Blink barely has the Doctor in it, which sounds counterproductive to my... You tricky son of a bitch. It sounds counterproductive to my point, but every time I've introduced somebody to Doctor Who with that episode, I 
they've all become huge fans of it mm-hmm. uh, because it's a it's a good way of setting up. This is the type of stakes that are involved in the show. This is the type of uh, um, concepts they have with mm-hmm. the type of characters or enemies. And then you also get like a preview of to who the doctor is and enough to where you're like, that guy was, I liked him. I want to see more of him. Well then congratulations. You just watch a really, really great episode and there's a ton more with that guy. So in it's it. kind of like if you weren't sure if you were going to like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you just gave me a big old spoonful of jelly because the peanut butter is the main part. <laughs> Oh, but jelly, <laughs> jelly, jelly, jelly. <laughs> was that a bad that's analogy? Good. No, I think that nailed it. Fine. I like how you actually considered it. You know what? Upon consideration, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was wondering, like, maybe the peanut butter would be better because who just? That's what I'm saying. Though Doctor Who is the peanut butter, so I had to leave the peanut butter out. Oh, that's true. Because I don't consider jelly the jelly. main part. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But if you don't like jelly, you're definitely not going to love peanut butter and jelly. Right? I Very would true. give you white bread and be like, hey, try this out <laughs> if you like it. Blink <laughs> is the white bread of Doctor Who. You heard it here first on streaming things. That's actually the episode that I was, uh, not by Steve, but somebody was like, hey, watch Blink. Doctor Who's awesome. And I watched Blink and I was like, this is awesome and became a fan. Sorry for the Doctor Who digression, but it might be the best part of this episode. Just hey, saying. You know what I, I think? I'm going to watch Blink. What, is that season nine? Mm, it's, it's it's david Tennant's first season oh it's the tin man All if right. you it's on hbo max uh yeah listeners and if you l- watch it on hbo max um the season one on hbo max in air quotes is the reboot with the ninth doctor uh so they don't have any of the old stuff but the episode that we're talking about would be on season three is it three yes okay Oh, that's right, because Martha's the... Martha I'm confused, and that's why I never watched this show, but I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm going to try. At, le- at least try Blink, because that is one of the best like, episodes. I will absolutely do it. I will do it are. next time we record. I will have seen it. You watch that. I'll watch the show you told me And you will have watched of itself on Hulu. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, okay, so my number one. Andy, I cannot believe... I mean, you have such wonderful answers that I... I and there's so many that are coming to my mind now, like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, the mm-hmm. Celine Siama film. Um, anyway, that's a good one. My number one is Richard Linklater's masterpiece before sunrise. Mm, God damn it. And I didn't want to cheat and say the before trilogy, though. Of course, when I say before sunrise, I mean the before trilogy, right? <laughs> so you mean the whole thing? God yeah, damn but it. But I didn't cheat. I take, see what I'm saying? I thought I totally na- hammered down your number two. God damn it. You're right. That, that. I mean, her is a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's before, getting fucked I think on. you were the one that showed me the Before Trilogy, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, I remember we sat and watched both of them. You owned them all on DVD, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, writ, uh, written and directed by Richard Linklater um, and starring Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. So if, if you've never seen the Before Trilogy, uh, turn this podcast off if you haven't already. I'll leave. <laughs> Have you You've not, Steve? Seen no, I've never seen them. Oh, They're Steve. Amazing. I'm not going to like shame you because there's so many good things to watch. And I'm sure you've seen a ton that I haven't. But this is like seminal. Holy shit. So it, if you don't, do you know anything about it? Yeah, I know. I know what they are. I just never got to them. Like the whole premise between the three movies mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so listeners that don't, uh, the first one was shot in 2005. Uh, and Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy are very young. And it's this uh, beautiful story about... Uh, Two people uh, that meet in France um, and spend one day together. Mm-hmm. And the next movie was shot in 2004, I believe. 
um, and they it tracks their development of their love for one another, their relationship. Uh, and then the last one was what, 2013? So it's, I think it's every nine years. I don't remember That's what right. said the first day was. Or, 95 uh, and 2000. Linklater loves four. doing that shit. Yes. I know. He's such a, uh, yeah. a like, what's the word? Uh, inventor's not it, but he does shit no one's ever done. <laughs> Here's me good with words again. Trailblazer. He's a trailblazer. That's like, yeah. <laughs> not the one you're looking for, but it's the one that comes to mind. But anyway, he plays with time a lot in a way that no one else does. Like, mm-hmm. like these insane challenges to himself. Like, I'm going to shoot this movie over 12 years and use the same actor. And that's essentially kind of what he does with the Before Trilogy is mm-hmm. it's the same two actors and you watch them grow and there's no uh, CGI or, you know, anything like that necessary because he literally just waited nine years to tell the rest of this story. Uh, but this trilogy tracks... Um, you know, the progress uh, of a relationship and where those different stages that I was kind of referring to when I was talking about marriage story. Um, so I guess you could say what speaks to me a lot is, is, is this brutal honesty and what, you know, love can be. And, but this movie, it, all three of them, they're crazy, like waxing philosophical, the dialogue. Uh, it's just mostly two people talking and like the, the way the conversations weave in and out and one thought to the next organically, the way real conversations in this show are, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, but I wish we were written by Richard Linklater. It'd be much more interesting. Um, well, very concise. Yeah, indeed. Our show uh, is our, based on a true story. Like a, 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 he had a one night girl that he uh, basically spent the day with and it was like a, Hey, we'll meet again. Only they didn't. Um, so he kind of like wrote what would be cool if they did meet again kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's he awesome. kinda, he kind of wrote it hoping to meet her again at the time. Did he ever meet her again? I think she died. Oh, fuck. I think. Damn, Andy. Oh, happy uh, Valentine's Day, yeah, Anyway, everybody. happy Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, that or maybe, you know what? I think that she actually was super happy and has a bunch of kids. Thanks, Don't Andy. try she to make me Detroit. feel happy Don't about that. Poor woman. Try to jelly me up. She runs a trampoline store. It's really exciting. She just has fun all day. <laughs> okay. That's the funnest thing you could think of. The trampoline store. Yeah. Doesn't that sound fucking amazing? Speaking of fun, I think we, we yeah, meant to talk about it. Not just a trampoline, it. but a trampoline store. That reminds me of Seinfeld where he's like, Go to the jerk store. They're all out of or whatever, right? So that was a very Costanza joke, Andy. And me. But Andy, I do want you to tell this story. I think we, I don't know if we talked about it on on air or beforehand, but I meant to have you talk about how terrible you are at choosing date movies. Did we actually talk about that? Am I tired? No, we. I don't we, think we ever did. We, we talked, we floated the idea of, uh, um, uh, for our Valentine's Day episode, also talking about like date movie experiences. Um, and I am god awful at picking uh, date. Just give a movies. few give quick examples, examples of so, your idea for how to romance a woman you don't know that well. So, how are you going to set the evening? A uh, girl I was dating uh, a couple years ago uh, went and saw Roma in theater. Um, in theaters? In theaters, <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. It was a movie that simultaneously released on Netflix. I didn't know there was a theater around here that played Roma. Uh, the Esquire. Oh, um, that makes sense. And if you haven't seen Roma, it is pretty boring and it's black and white. Like it was a very good movie. And I loved it, but I'm kind of sitting there like nervous first date and I'm like kind of, you know, I'm excited to take her to my favorite movie theater and like I wanted to see Roma really bad and she just wanted to hang out and take her to this god awful slow drag out and there's like a 
stillbirth that happens in the movie. <laughs> it was, when that happened, did you nudge her like you in the mood? <laughs> now, keep in mind, listener. Now, I might sound like a dick for bringing this up, or maybe you get the vibe that I'm getting for. But date movie, in my mind, you, you pick something lighter, more fun. Um, Dave Chen is a podcaster I listen to avidly, and his wife calls it peppy and cheap is how she refers to the quality that I'm thinking of. And you want to maybe not have to pay attention. Maybe you can like talk a little bit if you're in the living room or whatever. And anyway, so not that Roma's not a great movie. There right. was a second date. There was a second date. So That's Andy okay has a see. chance to redeem himself. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to see Widows. <laughs> widows? Widows. Oh my God. Andy. Another good movie. The heist movie with all the women. <laughs> Viola Davis. I feel like that would be a better choice than Roma though. Um, it was. Did she like either of these movies? No. Okay. No. I, I like, I mean, she didn't hate them. And, and it, even if she, she did, like, out. that's, I don't know. You, you go see a schlocky horror film or, you know what I mean? We Something kept dating. where you can. We kept dating. Uh, first movie we watched together in my place, The House That Jack Built. That's super fucked. <laughs> that's super fucked up horror movie. Uh, that took me a second to remember what that was. Holy shit! That's di- didn't know how well, fucked up it didn't know how fucked up it was. Did I ever tell you what the first movie I saw with my my wife? No. When we the first date we ever went on, we went and saw a live performance of Rocky Horror Picture Show, which she did not know anything about. So you know, oh no, blew her mind. And then I'm like, let's go back and watch a movie. And she's like, what's one of your favorite movies? I'm like, American Psycho. <laughs> And so we watched American Solid Psycho. Solid double feature. So yeah, double feature Rocky Horror and American Psycho. Actually, I take it back, Andy. That's the perfect thing to do. That's how you're going to find the one. Yeah, I mean, that's who I am. <laughs> yeah, just be yourself. I, I've read a lot about, uh, not a lot, like I read through these things, but I've heard it said and agree that a date or a movie is not the best first date. Like it is often depicted in popular culture. Mm-hmm. It's actually a terrible thing to do. You can't talk and get to know one another and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. So I was like, you know what? That's true. It's like the thing that we all do in the movies, like get the popcorn, get the 3d glasses on. We're on a date. Yeah, uh, you don't look at you each other quietly and stare in a different direction. And yeah, it's terrible. And as somebody who used to work in movie theaters and had to break up a lot of couples doing stuff in the theater, doing what Steve Just name it, sharing I've raisinettes. It. Uh, I, I, Juggling grum, doing I've gum tops. I've witnessed butt stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. And get, oh, guess what movie butt stuff was in? Uh, the house that Jack built. Marley and me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> how did you get close enough to determine it was butt stuff? Um. So you know how like <laughs> <laughs> when a mommy and daddy love each other, Andy. Well, you know, like big movie theaters. There's that like you can go straight into the theater and then you look back and you see the the rows but then there's also that hallway that kind of goes behind the seats and you can exit the other side okay you know what i mean yeah yeah so they're in the corner of that secondary hallway oh and uh they weren't going to town in the seats not in the seats no they were like in that corner but the the usher at the time like walked in because marley me was about to end so she walked in to like kind of stand there and get ready to clean and she walked in and saw what was going on immediately like was like nope and like <laughs> came to get uh one of the managers and uh the the security officer that was there so we went into the theater and yeah they're just well maybe it wasn't butt stuff but it was definitely doggy style and sure, sure. They're like standing Which up. makes sense for Marley and me. Yeah, and by the time we got in there, Marley and me was over, so people were exiting the theater and like awkwardly just like- kept going? Yeah, they were wasted. They were like super fucking drunk. Oh, that's awesome. And the, the police officer's like, hey, stop that right now. And no joke, 
I'm dead fucking serious. The guy looks at the police officer and is like, hold on, I'm almost done. <laughs> Good for him. And the police officer said, no, you're done now. And they kicked him out. And yeah. They didn't arrest him? They just kicked him out? No, just kicked him out. Wow. Get out of here. I saw banging happening once when I worked at the movie theaters. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was something along the lines of American Youth. Like that was the name of the movie. Uh, something like that. An obscure film. Yes. Uh, and probably fictitious because I can't remember the name. But I remember it was a very poignant, like, this young couple banging away in an empty movie theater and me looking at the title and being like, huh. Andy means pretty fitting. coitus by banging. Uh, <laughs> that is indeed what I meant. That could be a whole episode of just like, what salacious things have we seen in a the movie theater and not on Downton Abbey? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got some stories. I don't you know, know. You work in a movie theater Chris for 10 years. A movie theater for a while. He was the salacious one. <laughs> I, yeah. So, yeah. Should I talk? Yeah. So, most listeners that, probably the ones that have still hung around, subscribed throughout the year of silence, have heard me talk before that, I, you know, I'm an alcoholic and an addict. I've been sober almost nine years. Uh, it would be nine years in March. Um, so, I... You know, I had a, a serious drug problem for much of my youth. During the time that I worked at the movie theater, I did a lot of drugs. I'm, you know, I was a, a needle user, blah, 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 blah. So I was often, I was an usher. And so I love that job because A, my favorite thing in the world besides heroin at the time was movies. And, and it's, I don't mean for it to be dark. It's supposed to be funny, but it's not often funny to normal people. So I apologize. But anyway, <laughs> so I could just disappear and they would just assume I was cleaning one of the theaters. And I had a little walkie-talkie, as Steve knows, where they yeah. would occasionally ask where I was at. And I'd be in, like, a bathroom or something. And then, ah, I'm here, you know. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, did that a lot, disappeared. But one time, I walked into what? I think it was Happy Feet. It was right around the time it's Happy Feet came out. always kids' movies, man. <laughs> I didn't see anything crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I did. So I walk in, and the screen is so fucking blurry. And keep in mind, I'm very high. Right. Oh, I know where this is going. I, I'm very high. And I'm trying to actually do my fucking job on this occasion. And I'm like, I never do anything. I'm always just this. Sometimes I straight up, I'm not even in the building. I was at the <laughs> bar downstairs drinking for the entire shift one time. And just with the walkie talkie, like, I'll be right there. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm, I look at the screen. I call my boss and I'm like, we got a serious uh, issue in theater two. And they're like, oh my God, what is it? <laughs> uh, the entire. <laughs> <laughs> this is so i feel so embarrassed for you the entire screen is super blurry we need someone to fix it immediately <laughs> i felt like buzz lightyear after the fact like no one seems to be concerned <laughs> like <laughs> and they're like oh my god we'll get right on it and then it was like three to six seconds later chris put on your 3d glasses <laughs> and i was like oh Nothing to see here except the movie, of course, looking crystal clear. I love it. It was terrible. Like, it's funny now. It was mortifying. I was like, All right, I'm never going to try to actually do this job ever again. This is terrible. You're not the only one who's done that, though. I There's oh people God. at theaters I've worked at that did that very same thing. They're like, this movie's blurry. It's like, yeah, it's a 3D movie, man. Oh. <laughs> I got to say, though, great job, not only because you're not really asked to be in any given place at any time, but if you're going to be a, a slackadaisical junkie, uh, also, you find lots of stuff when you're cleaning theaters. Yeah. Um, not proud of it, but you know what I mean? Lots of $10 bills, uh, uneaten Skittles, all kinds mm -hmm. of good stuff. Lots of beer. 
Beer. Sure, sure. Planet of the Apes had a ton of beer left over. I remember that. that <laughs> Specific was, films. Yeah, you you pick up like weird things. Like, wh- like, like if I'm going to watch a movie about monkeys talking, <laughs> <laughs> I need to bring my 24 pack so I can get through the damn thing. I ain't a monkey. <laughs> You're right. I get it. But yeah. love. It's Less. around us all. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> by, by the time you hear this. Take your take your significant other. And, uh, you know, if it's your first time on a date, don't go to a movie. Uh, actually sit down and talk with them. But if you're with them for a while. This is still a good, what is it? Math, math. A week before Valentine's Day, right? Six days? So, six days before Valentine's yeah, this, Day. Yeah, this airs six days beforehand, yeah. So you got plenty of time. If you forgot it was coming up, go get your societally demanded gift if your country celebrates Valentine's Day. Also, and you can delete this if I don't sound sincere when I say this. I just kind of thought of it earlier and I wanted to put it out there into the universe. Well, now that you're telling me to delete it. I mean, I'm just saying like <laughs> if I put my fucking foot in my mouth like I always do about everything, um, there is a huge, important, uh, nationally recognized event in February in America is we're doing president's day and we're doing uh, uh Valentine's day. We're not doing a, a black history themed episode because we find that that would probably be somewhat inappropriate for three white dudes to talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to put it out there that we're not like unaware that it, you know, cause it might be construed as like, wow, they're on president's day. Like, holy shit. Couldn't think of anything else. Right. But I just, I to think to be fair, the president, when you listen to the president's day, the one, it's not going <laughs> to be, <laughs> That's not going to be the most downloaded track, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it is a doozy. Uh, anyway, just want to throw that out there. Do you guys have anything else you want to say for the the love episode that we just got the really... I love you. Oh, good thinking, Andrew. Andrew. Steve, I love you more. I love you both very much. And all of your listeners. And my listeners. Our listeners. C. Michael Wrights is my Twitter. Uh, Andy most days. Steve May 13. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. This has been Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming things.